0: series in the kingdom of God and today we're looking at the power of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom. Um, We've said it before and it's worth saying again that the kingdom of God is not like earthly kingdoms although the Bible says that one day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God but the kingdom of God relates to the rule of God uh, wherever that occurs Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you it's people who are obedient to God who bow the knee uh, and of course in the um, uh, Lord's Prayer we uh, hear that um, we pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so the kingdom of God is fully flourishing and and represented in heaven And the prayer is that the kingdom of God should be manifest on earth in some way. So um, a key verse I think for us to, to hang our thoughts on today and that comes from 1 Corinthians 4.20. It will come up on the screen. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. Let's ask God to help us. Father, we thank you for the way that the kingdom of God has touched our lives. Father, thank you. That is the kingdom that we have entered by your grace. And uh, we ask you, Lord, to help us uh, to understand, to live in, uh, and to manifest that kingdom in our lives. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Greek word that uh, is translated power is dunamis you've probably heard that before and it's where we get our um, I'm going to move out of the way of that but it's where we get our um, our word dynamite from right now years ago um, we were familiar with dynamite either blasting um, in a quarry or uh, to do with armaments and so on but today we are um, awesomely um, aware of um, other explosives that are very much smaller but can cause devastation and um, so uh, for instance we, we see alarming pictures of uh, devastation of a, uh, a marketplace or a centre of town uh, somewhere and it, it was an explosive that was carried on somebody's person all right? and it tremendous, tremendous power and it seems that this power is in the hands of more and more people these days In a more friendly sense, I don't know about you, but it's always a a very spectacular picture when we see a a space rocket take off. Uh, It's there on the pad and uh, the countdown and then the flames begin to start and then this tremendous power. I mean, it's many, many tons, this rocket, and it's lifted off and the tremendous power that's exerted to take it up uh, through the atmosphere on its way up into space. Um, I'm always impressed in an aircraft I love it I love the surge of power when the plane takes off Um, and uh, I'm always amazed that it's relatively small jet engines that are able uh, to send this send us off uh, up into the air and um, another aspect of power is it's usually men who are interested in the BHP of their car now the brake horsepower of their car it's probably my preaching don't worry sorry. Um, the brake horsepower of their car how many ladies here are interested in the brake horsepower of your car no all you want to know is when I turn the key does it start but, but men kind of like these things and they're always sort of saying well I'd, i you know I like a fairly powerful car not because I want to travel at tremendous speeds but I like to get out of trouble right we justify that and many people say that for men, their car is an extension of their personality. Right, so this is where we exhibit power. Now whilst in the Bible uh, there are demonstrations of great power, like the, the dividing uh, of the Red Sea, the separating of the Red Sea, um, there are, uh, the, in general terms, the word dunamis um, has a broader sense to it, a broader understanding. And this will come on the screen too. It's the ability to carry out something and bring it to conclusion. The ability to carry out something and bring it to conclusion. And um, so whilst this will include works of visible power, uh, as we've uh, already mentioned and as is demonstrated uh, in the Old Testament, uh, we will so it also includes the unseen as well. Now our God, of course, is a God of power. We would know that. Uh, God speaks and things happen. Jeremiah says this, Our Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. So God speaks and the heavens and the earth come into being. And then a comfort for us who know our God, nothing is too hard for you. I think we often um, quote that verse when, We're up against it. When there are difficulties that seem insurmountable, we declare, God, nothing is too difficult uh, for you. He is a God of power. And although God's kingdom is mentioned in the Old Testament, such as in Psalm uh, 145, which goes like this, they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Nevertheless, the terms kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven, which are uh, really quite interchangeable, only come into prominence in the New Testament with the coming of Jesus uh, the Messiah and with the preaching of John the Baptist and Jesus, where they both at the beginnings of Jesus' ministry were saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near, or the kingdom of God uh, is at hand. And that, what they're saying is that which was Vaguely and far away, has now been brought near. The kingdom has been brought near, near you. And that's because Jesus was indeed a personal manifestation of the kingdom. The rule and reign of God that was only fully appreciated in heaven is being seen on earth in the person uh, of Jesus. And uh, as I said, the Lord's prayer is that may your will be done, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven we get a little picture of the authority and power of heaven from Daniel and uh, Daniel 7 I saw in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man that's a title that Jesus used for himself wasn't it he often referred to himself as the Son of Man and we believe this is indeed Jesus and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. So that which was a vision in heaven, uh, which Daniel saw and was able to write down, was coming to earth through the coming of Jesus. And Jesus' uh, coming was the beginning of the fulfillment of that prophecy, that his kingdom would last forever, would never pass away. In the ministry of Jesus, we see the power of the kingdom in confronting forces of evil. Uh, We know that he withstood the devil, that that, uh, demons trembled at his presence. They could not withstand him. Uh, we also see that nature uh, is under his authority and he was able to bring healing to many. Undoubtedly, uh, Jesus stilling the storm on Lake Galilee um, was very dramatic and uh, if you know the story, um, that once he had done that, uh, one of the disciples cried out, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? So he had authority and power over there. But on the other hand, um, the healing of the woman who had a, an issue of blood, as it's called, um, she just touched his cloak or his, his garment, um, unseen uh, by most people. In fact, even unseen by Jesus, because there was such a crowd. Uh, and Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, well, everybody's touching you. It's a great crowd. No, he, and it said he felt the power go from him. So that wasn't spectacular. There was no demonstration of power. But the power of Jesus went to this woman and unseen, undetected really. Uh, The power of the kingdom, although often requiring human cooperation, uh, is a work of the Holy Spirit. And the words power and spirit are often interchangeable in the New Testament or they're linked together. The power of the spirit or the spirit of power. And the true work of the Holy Spirit is never a result of purely human activity or human, human strength. Um, it is the result of God's anointing, which was true of Jesus. He has referred to someone uh, who was anointed with power. Jesus anointed with power. Another illustration of that is um, Samson in the Old Testament. You may remember that uh, Samson was a miracle baby. Like many um, ladies in the Bible, um, his mother was barren, um, but, but uh, through prayer uh, she, was, uh, she conceived, and uh, he was set aside as a Nazarite, the Nazarene vow, which meant he should, he should never have his head shaved at all, beard or, or his hair. Uh, and that meant there was an, a special anointing on him, so that in, in Samson's life he was able to carry out some tremendous physical feats tearing a lion apart as you would a goat and tremendous power and um, I I guess if you ask children to draw a picture of Samson they would very likely draw big muscles but I don't think it was like that because his power did not derive from his own uh, physical strength he'd not been to the gym every week as far as I know it was because there was an anointing the the anointing of the spirit on him and of course when Delilah eventually found out um, what the secret of his power was which was she didn't know about the Nazarite vow I'm sure but it was signified by his hair when she cut it off the anointing left him and he was uh, weak as a kitten as it were so it's the power that we're talking about kingdom power uh, is about the anointing of God uh, on Jesus and on individuals And this brings us back to our key verse. For the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, but of power. So what does that mean? Does that mean we don't have to preach the gospel? Um, We just have to do works of power and people will be saved. So we just entirely rely on miracles. Well, I'm pretty sure we know that isn't the case that we we don't just rely on demonstrations of power so what sort of talk is it not what sort of talk is it not well it's it's clever arguments that try to persuade people and through clever talk through um, clever oratory powerful oratory trying to persuade people by human arguments I guess a, a very outstanding illustration of this as to how people can be swayed by oratory would be Adolf Hitler. You've probably seen films or pictures uh, of the Nuremberg rallies. Thousands and thousands of people. And there he is. And he has a tremendous power of oratory. And and he can convince the people. And he had the meeting out of his hand. Tremendous power. But of course that was a power for evil so we're not talking about that kind of talk Um, but there is of course a proclamation of the gospel paul says to the church at rome how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. So there is a talk that is part of the kingdom. It is preaching the message. I mean, it's true that good um, preachers will uh, use in engaging stories or humor to get people's attention. But it is the power of the message of the cross that transforms people. It's the only thing that truly transforms people. And actually, God makes the message seem like foolishness to the wise and the clever. Uh, What this means is that if someone um, responds to the message of the cross, it is the powerful work of the Holy Spirit, not someone's clever talk and oratory. It's the power of the Spirit. And this is what Paul says to the Corinthians and then later to the Romans. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God, We might think that when it was said it's a demonstration of power, that it's Paul performing signs and wonders. But the context is, it is the power of the gospel. There is power when the gospel is preached, which is beyond human oratory. Uh, Obviously, someone has to be heard, um, and and they have to to, to preach in a way that people hear, but it's beyond the power uh, of speech. And then he says in Romans... No, probably before that, um, in, in uh, chapter 1 of, of um, 1 Corinthians. For the word that is preaching of the cross is folly to those who are preaching, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then from Romans he said, for I am not ashamed. What was it he could have been ashamed of? That is preaching the cross, which is taking... which. which people took a man the son of God they humiliated him Uh, they they uh, beat him Uh, they spat on him they hung him on a cross uh, as someone who is cursed and it could be embarrassing to say to somebody this is how you are saved You, you look at this terrible wreck of a man and this saves you but But Paul says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So it doesn't matter whether we're clever, uh, whether we're simple, Uh, whether we're whatever nationality we are it doesn't matter Uh, the gospel comes to us in power through the preaching of the gospel the natural man cannot understand the things of God the power of God is required to open the eyes that Satan has blinded I think in one of our songs there was reference uh, to that this morning Satan has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of God in the face of, of Jesus Christ. But, but what the gospel does is to open people's eyes. And this is why Jesus said, unless a man is born again, there is, unless there is a, a work of the Holy Spirit in his life, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. It doesn't make any sense to him at all. And then he goes on to say, unless one is born of spirit, water and the Spirit... He cannot enter the kingdom of God. So it is a work of God from beginning to end through the preaching. So we need the power of the kingdom to see it and the power of the kingdom to enter it. And we need that same power to become children of God. Uh, John says at the beginning of his gospel, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of natural descent, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this preaching of the gospel, uh, and we, we describe it in so many ways, what happens when the gospel is preached. Someone is born again. Uh, someone is made a child of God. And uh, that is the power of the gospel. And once we've entered it, that is the kingdom, that same power... Is available to us to grow in the kingdom how do we grow in the kingdom Uh, it's through the Holy Spirit but through the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives it's something that grows in our life by the work of the Spirit which is God's power in it to live it to know how to respond to this world um, with all its opposition to God it's the power of God that helps us live it and to manifest it to, to demonstrate The kingdom of God in our lives individually and of course corporately together uh, as a church and also to proclaim it we need the power of God the power of the Spirit to proclaim it so that when the gospel is preached it goes out with the, the anointing of God and also to one day experience the fullness of it when Jesus returns Steve mentioned it last week but we live in the now and not yet that's the kind of phrase that we use and what that means is that one day the kingdom of God will come in its fullness when Jesus returns and healing will be complete deliverance will be complete uh, there will be none of those things that dog us in this life but what happened when Jesus came to earth was that he brought some of the kingdom of God as it were on earth that the powers of the age to come started to break through uh, into this age and that has continued through the church age that's continued through the church age we live some people have said in the overlap so we have the kingdom now but the fullness of it is not yet and the fact is that even though we see people healed now not everyone is healed but all those who have entered God's kingdom uh, and realised the fullness of it in the age to come will be healed completely, absolutely completely. Paul tells us that once we were dead, but God has made us alive in Christ and he's made available to us his incomparably great power. That's what the Bible says. Power like the, the mighty strength of God which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, if you were aware of uh, the title of today's sermon before today, or even when you looked at it in your uh, your bulletin, uh, you might have expected me to concentrate on miracles, signs and wonders, obvious manifestations of God's power, kingdom power, in the church and on the streets. And um, again, as Steve quoted last week, like John Wimber. Um, waiting for me to talk about the stuff that we would do on the streets and so on. When are we going to do the stuff? And um, you might be asking that. Now, I'm not in any way playing down our need um, and the need of the church to move in signs and wonders and in power, not in any way. And we need to press into the things that God is doing. We are fortunate in this day and age and in in this country that um, we can hear of and even visit, if you want to, places where there is a a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit. So we can say it does happen in this this age. It isn't just for the apostles. It happens in this age. And we've talked quite a bit about um, Cumbran, and some of you would have heard um, uh, Richard Taylor speaking one of the pastors there at the, the conference that we were at a few months ago. And just um, about this time last year, there was a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit. And it all centred around Victory Church, of which he is one of the pastors. And people were queuing, great long queues to get into this church. And hundreds and hundreds of people over a relatively short period of time came to faith in Jesus and were healed It was absolutely amazing. And something that's been going on a bit longer um, is healing on the streets. Barbara uh, is very frequently involved with that in Canterbury, but it happens in a number of places. uh, Healing on the streets, where we offer healing uh, to people. Uh, This started some six years ago in Coleraine in Northern Ireland. One of the pastors of a vineyard church there, um, Mark Marks, was um, frustrated that, Uh, We were not communicating the power of God to people out in the the community. And they began to pray for people on the streets. Uh, They would gather outside the town hall in all weathers, no matter whether it's snowing, raining, sunny or what, and they would first of all kneel and pray to God for his power. Then set up chairs and invite people to come and sit and be prayed for. There were banners, as it is in Canterbury, with the words healing on it and say that was six years ago and they've seen many many people healed and come to faith it's now um, in 17 other countries HOTS it's called healing on the streets 17 other countries and 700, 700 churches and um, one of the um, recent quotes is this in the last 80 days we've seen more than 600 people come to know uh, Jesus just here in cold rain. So it is happening. I don't want to play that down in any way. We need to seek that with all our hearts and gain inspiration uh, and catch the fire, as, it's, as it were, from those who are experiencing these things. And um, Jesus in himself gave authority to his disciples, gave them authority over demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal and that authority is ours as well that same authority to heal now some would say well we understand that God needed to give those early Apostles this power to get the church started it was just a first century phenomenon and just it were to kick-start the church but if we remember some of the last words of Jesus that we call the Great Commission um, he said all that power has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and teaching them to observe everything i have commanded you so if it's everything it includes the commands of jesus to go out and to heal and to cast out demons so even though we may not have seen that as much as we would like I am convinced that it's for today. It's very much for today. And um, therefore, what I want to say to you is that if you are a true believer, and yet you have not seen that in any great measure, and wonder why that is, and and think, well, I've just longed to experience a miracle, you would be wrong. Because you have already experienced a miracle. We must not underestimate the power of God to transform a life, to cause someone to be saved, someone to be born again, and rescue us from the dominion of darkness. Sometimes we find that hard to conceive that this world is called a dominion of darkness. Not so difficult when we look at our television screens and see the mounting evil that we see around um, through terrorists and others uh, perpetrating h- horrific crimes on people often um, women and children innocent people so we're, we're very aware of that but what about the nice lady next door you know the life is incredibly helpful always very kind when we talk about a dominion of darkness we're not always talking about people who perpetrate crimes we're talking about a darkness of the mind it is a darkness. Because this dear lady next door um, cannot see the glory of Christ in the gospel. She can't see it. And this is the darkness. This is the darkness that Jesus uh, came to dispel. And uh, we've been placed, we've been taken out of that dominion of darkness and placed into the kingdom of his son. Um, It's significant how Jesus compared this power, this power to transform a life, with the power that he'd given the disciples when he sent them out. Um, He sends out the twelve, but later he sends out seventy-two into the surrounding villages and towns ahead of him to prepare the way because he's going to visit these places. And he gives them authority. And um, uh, he gave them authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick. And um, this is what it says when they return. The seventy-two returned with joy, saying... Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Jesus is saying, this is what I came for. I came to destroy the works of the devil. And it's happening, and it's happening through you. So he was authenticating what was happening to them. But then he says something strange. He says, nevertheless. What's the nevertheless? What's he going to say? Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus is saying it is important. You need to go and do the stuff. But an even greater miracle is that your names are written in heaven. What it has taken... For your names to be written in heaven, the mighty power of the kingdom of God, so if you are saved, you have experienced the power of the kingdom you've experienced it in salvation, and we need to recognize that you know we can we can almost cut almost poo-poo the time as it were when we were saved well i made a decision for jesus and yeah now i'm a christian if you were truly born again that took tremendous power the tremendous power of god to do that and that that power is available to us now to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the lord jesus if you know that you're not saved okay if Well, I've been talking about this power that transforms a life. If you know that you're not saved, you can be today. You can be today by surrendering to the Lord Jesus, by recognising that he paid the price for your sins. He took the punishment that you deserve on himself. His death on the cross was not for himself, but it was for us. And by acknowledging that and surrendering your life to him, you can receive that same power, the power to cause you to be born again, the power to translate you from one kingdom to another. It's very important. So I'm I'm not dismissing signs and wonders, but really what I want to get across today is don't underestimate the power that it took to save you. Don't underestimate that. To close with, I'm going to pray a prayer for you that Paul prayed, uh, first prayed to the Ephesian church. It will be very familiar to many of you, but it mentions power a lot. It mentions power. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So the power of the kingdom is available to us if we seek God to have a better understanding, to appreciate the love and the power of God more, all right? and to have an understanding. That power is available to us. And he finishes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, That is at work within us the kingdom power is at work within believers according to that power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever Amen let's close Father God we thank you that you are a God of power Thank you, Lord, Lord, that we can read time and time again how you used your power to deliver your ancient people, the Israelites. And thank you, Lord, that that power came to earth in the person of Jesus. Lord, that your kingdom began to be established, starting small like a, a mustard seed, but then growing into a mighty tree. Father God, we thank you that we can taste the powers of the age to come. Lord, that we can be delivered from the kingdom of darkness, that we can be translated into the kingdom of your dear Son through faith in him. And Lord, it is a work of God. It is all your work, Lord. It's a work of grace in our lives, and we thank you for it. And Father God, we pray as we glory in our salvation, as we glory in the fact that our names are written in heaven, And they'll never be esponged. They'll never be erased. Thank you, Father. We have that security. And in that security, Lord, we want to go out and proclaim the glories of your kingdom. And Lord, we want to do the works that you have equipped us to do. Father, will you help us? Fill us again with your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.